Well, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend and week celebrating the new year with friends and family. Welcome to 2021. If you have a Bible, yeah, we can clap for that. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us lived to see 2021. If you uh, have a Bible with you, turn to John chapter 15. And as you're finding your place there in John, I want to make mention real quickly of our prayer list. And if you haven't figured this out, in the seat back in front of you, you will find a copy of our bulletin. I would love to encourage you, our church family, to grab this from that seat back in front of you and slip it into your Bible or into your purse, uh, your travel bag, your man bag, whatever it is you use. And, uh, and the prayer list is printed in our bulletin. And so we want to encourage you to be praying for those who are listed on our prayer list. We have so many needs so many struggles going on in our church. Uh, people who have lost loved ones, dealing with sickness and cancer, recovering from surgery. And so we want to encourage our church family to be praying. That's why we print this each and every week. And if you would like updates throughout the week, we send out two emails every week on Tuesday and on Friday with updates to our prayer list. And if you would like to receive that, you can sign up for it on mywhbc.com on the prayer tab and we'll send that to you every time we update it. And so we want to encourage you to do that. Also, in your bulletin, on the back page is a spot for sermon notes. If you are a note taker, uh, this is a place where you can do that. If you're like me, and you don't like carrying around a bunch of journals and stuff, uh, this is a way for you to take notes on Sunday and slip it into your Bible, take it home, and then transfer it into whatever you like to keep your notes in, or file it away for a later date. But I hope that you're you're taking the preached word from the weekends and applying it to your lives, and I hope that you're praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ, and I hope you're making that a priority each and every week. So we are thankful for the opportunity and the privilege that we have to worship together. We're thankful for the technology that enables us to stream our service online, and for those who are at home watching online, thank you for tuning in as well. It is a joy to worship with all of you today. Well, if you've been around our church for the last four years, you know that we have been uh, each year operating under the umbrella or the focus of a specific theme. And so in 2018, we started off a new year and a, a new season in our church with the, with the Better Together theme. And it was this idea that God works when we pursue Jesus, the Word, and others as a community, that we are better together. And during that great season of transition, we focused on being together in community. We preached through topics, uh, the book of Philippians, and things that pointed us back to our work in gospel ministry together as partners together in kingdom work, but doing it with a together focus. And then in 2019, we switched gears a little bit with contend, our theme of knowing the truth and proclaiming the truth that we focused on contending for and fighting for the faith, standing in truth and fighting for God and his word to be the final and ultimate authority in our lives. And then last year, as many of you know, our theme was reflect. Observe his example, imitate his heart. And I don't have to remind you what that focus was, but we simply encouraged everyone to look to Jesus and pursue his example in, and his heart in all things. And here in 2021, as you have probably figured out, 
our theme and our focus is abide. Live connected to the vine. Our hope for this year is that we will, we will be successful in driving each and every person in our body to depend, and that's a key word, depend completely on Jesus as the source for their life, for strength, direction, and understanding in this new year. As many of you know, our church mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we accomplish that by rooting ourselves firmly in God's word and growing to be more like him. So let's abide in him and grow together this year. As Pastor Eric read, and as he mentioned a few moments ago, this section of John 15 is going to be our key focus for this specific series that we're going to be in for the next four weeks, next five weeks, and it's going to be kind of our focus theme verse for the entire year. So we want to encourage you, if you are looking for something to memorize, this would be a wonderful section of scripture to memorize, specifically verses 1 through 11. And so make note of that and, and memorize those verses if that is something you would like to do as a goal for 2021. Well, if you're there in John 15, we're going to begin reading together in verse 1, where John writes, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch, and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's pray. God, we are grateful and so thankful for your word this morning. That in this ever-changing culture, you don't need updated. You don't need changed. You are the final authority. You are the unchanging one, the uncreated one. You are enough for us. And so as we walk in this world of, of shifting sand, oh God, remind us that we need to remain connected to you. Because you are that firm foundation that doesn't move. But you are solid. And you are a secure place for us. Help us to remember that. Thank you for your word. Change hearts by it today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as you reflect back on the decisions that you've made during your life, would you say that you are someone who follows wise counsel? 
Do you ask for help before you make a big decision? Do you ask for help when you find yourself navigating a difficult circumstance? Are you someone who likes help? Some of you would say, absolutely, sign me up, I'm that guy. But others, you may find yourself in the other camp where you learn most of your lessons through the school of hard knocks. Usually I hear amens there because that's most of us. And so following an example or seeking counsel or seeking guidance is extremely important for each and every one of us, I believe. How many of you have ever been on a a guided tour somewhere? And I think we've all been somewhere, but I got to visit the John Deere manufacturing facility in Waterloo, Iowa several years ago with my dad. I don't like John Deere, but it was cool anyways. But it was a really awesome experience if you like farm machinery. If you don't, this is boring to you. But it it was a pleasant experience because we had an experienced guide who went along with us. Someone who knew where we needed to go and in what order we needed to see the things that we needed to see so it would all make sense when we got to the end. Think about if you go on a trip to the Holy Land. If you go over to see where where these events that we see in our Bibles, where they actually took place, you really want a guide to go with you to help you navigate the the countryside and, and to get you where you need to go. That you may not see all of the awesome, beautiful things if You don't take someone who knows where and how to get to all of those beautiful things if you don't take them along with you. You need a guide. Three years ago, I'll switch gears from farming to something a little more applicable. Three years ago, a few of our pastors were at a conference together, and and we made a stop on the way home at the new Atlanta Braves Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. And that experience, it it was made so much better by that experienced guide who knew the secret hallways, And the special doors. He knew the the history of the team from beginning to end. And you could ask him any question and he knew the answer immediately. He showed us, uh, he told us about all the stats and all the things that happened about the history of the team. And I think the same is true when it comes to our daily living. That we have to be led by a consistent, all-knowing guide. And of course, as Christians, we know who that is. It's our triune God. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I'm not sure that we, including me, all live like we know that is true all the time. That God is our source, and he is the best direction in all things of life. Listen, everyone is going to need help at some point. In the journey of life. And for some of us, we never, we just never ask for help. And others we may ask, and and we like the process of asking, but then we don't we don't stick around, we don't stay around long enough to hear what God really is saying to us. That we're always, we always seem to be in a big hurry. That we're always in a big hurry to get somewhere and to go somewhere. And we just take off before God can give us any direction and tell us as to what he wants us to do and where he wants us to go. Now, there are a few people in the room who find yourself in a different camp. And you ask for more than just some help. Some people will actually take the time to ask for help and search for answers to their questions and their concerns when it comes to the things of life and spirituality. 
They might even ask someone who has experienced something to help them because they want to, they want to know what someone else has experienced who has done it the right way. In other words, what that person would say is, I don't want you to just tell me how you did that, but I want you to show me how you did that. Now, of course, we know that wise counsel and seeking advice from fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and accountability is vital, but it's not the best thing. Being plugged in and being connected to the source of all things in life is the best plan. And when we navigate this life and when you find yourself backed up in a corner with a decision to make about a specific thing, wise counsel is great as long as it's rooted in God's word. And as Christ followers who are supposed to be in his word, studying it diligently, we can get the best counsel from his word. And so are you in it, and is he the best counsel in your life? And that's why our theme for 2021 is abide, living connected to the vine, the true vine, the true source of life. So as I asked a moment ago, how many of you ask for help, and then you start moving before you get an answer? And do you ever ask someone for help, or do you ever ask someone to go with you? On the right approach, it does seem obvious on a Sunday morning in church. But if we're honest, the first response is a pretty good description of how many of us approach our relationship with God. And I'm sure many of you could share story after story, and you could agree with that statement. It's, it's in those moments when we find ourselves really needing something. Or in those moments where we find ourselves in trouble, we've, we've, we've made a decision that, that we know wasn't rooted in God's word and, and we're in trouble. Or when we find ourselves in a painful situation, we really want God to help us in those moments. Or when we, when we have a really big decision that we need to make. Or when there's a big deadline or a performance or some kind of project that we have coming up, we really want those things to go well and so we'll connect to the God of the universe in those moments. And many times, we just quickly throw up a prayer. God, I need your help. I need you to do this. How do I get where I want to go? What do I do next? Will you please help me? But we usually take off. And we start moving before he can give an answer. Before he reveals in his word what it is that he wants us to know. And we often find ourselves unsure of what God is saying because most of the time, it's not that we don't know where to find the answers, it's just that we're too impatient to wait and hear from him. So at times we, we just take guesses at what he might be saying and we move on. That often God is where we go in, in those big moments when we need real quick answers. And we need him to point us in a direction. But he is the guide that we should ask to go with us at all times. And that is God's desire for us. To be in relationship with him. To be close to him. Which sounds nice, but it's easier said than it is done. For example... Do you ask God to guide you when you're walking into a meeting with your boss? 
When you've made a mistake or you've made a decision that he's not happy about, do you ask God to guide you in that conversation? Do you, do you I mean, let's, let's make it more simple than that. In the morning when you wake up and when you're leaving your house and you're starting your day, do you ask God to go with you and be your guide during your day? Before you take that promotion or you get that new job, do you ask God to guide you? Do you ask God to guide you when making a big financial decision or when figuring out how to manage your calendar and what to put on it and what to do with your day-to-day life? Now, I don't ask those questions to make you feel guilty, not at all. Almost every one of us would answer those questions a little bit differently, but in many ways the same way. I ask them to make a point. That it's sometimes difficult in our world with all the distractions and all the noise and all the crazy going on to remain aware of God's presence. And to make that intentional decision to be close to him. It's difficult, it really is difficult to invite him into the small moments and not just the big moments. And I think the biggest reason why often is we just simply forget. I mean, let's be honest. Being and walking in awareness to God's continual presence, it's not exactly the last phrase we say to ourselves before we walk out the door in the morning. It's not easy to think about those things when you have a job and you have deadlines and you have classes and you have practice and you have social media and you have bills and you have have family drama and, and projects and all of those things going on. We can literally forget that the God who created us and everything that we see is with us at all times. Or maybe we just choose to do our own thing anyway. But there is good news, and many of you know this, but I hope to remind you this morning that we can walk closely with our Savior. We can invite him into all of the moments, big and small. And there's a camp out there in the theological world that that would say that God doesn't care about all the moments, that he's not interested in the little details of your life, that he's got bigger things to worry about than you and your, and your day-to-day actions. But I think that that is a big misunderstanding theologically. I think God cares about every aspect of you. I believe he cares about every detail of your life. And that's why we are calling you to abide in him this year. So I hope that today's simple But important truth will encourage you as we kick off this journey with Jesus in 2021. So he starts explaining what all this means in our text here in John 15. And the disciples and Jesus are gathered together in the upper room in what we now know is the last time that they would all be together. And they're enjoying a meal together and they're they're taking part in communion. And the disciples, they they were starting to... In in our current culture, I guess they were starting to freak out a little bit. They were starting to feel some anxiety because it's no secret that Jesus often was confusing to them. He he, he used parables and and they they, they were always confused. They had no idea what he was talking about half the time. And so he he was talking about how he was going to be going away and he was going to leave them and they couldn't come with him, but but. Later we see that he sends something better, and, and they're just, they're always confused. And maybe you find yourself there too. 
What was going to happen to them, the disciples, if Jesus was going to go away, if he was going to disappear? He was, he was the boss. Like, he was the guy that made all the decisions. What do we do without our leader? And so to encourage the disciples and to strengthen them and us, Jesus gives them an illustration that would help them in the days ahead. Now, there's a lot going on in John chapter 15. And I'm not going to try to even begin to cover it all this morning, which is why we're going to take the next month and cover it. But we're going we're gonna to focus this morning kind of on verse 5. And that's where we're going to camp out. But before we look back at that key verse, I want to give a little more overview of what we see happening in these verses. In verses 1 through 3, which we'll look at here in a couple of weeks, we see the last of the I am statements of Jesus. And he goes on, he goes on to show us that Christ is the vine and God is the vine dresser who cares for the branches. Now, many people claim to be, to be followers of Christ and they don't bear any fruit. Now, these may be false converts. We're, we're unsure of all of the context here. Only God knows, but this section of scripture shows us that the dead branches are cut off and that the true believers will bear fruit. Now, I want to make a note here, and you may want to write this down. This section of Scripture is not teaching us that we can lose our salvation. And that has been misunderstood and misinterpreted over the years. As we know, just a few chapters prior to this, Jesus says in John 10, verses 28 and 29, that I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. That my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul reminds us that in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him. Those are just two of several dozen verses that remind us that we are secure and we are safe. In our salvation. But true converts, as Jesus clearly declares in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, are known by their fruit. Now, backsliding is, is something that we see referenced in the Bible. It does refer to lukewarm Christians in the New Testament. You see it in Revelation. That people don't always do the right thing. Newsflash. You're not going to do the right thing 100% of the time. And that doesn't mean that you don't know Jesus. (laughs) We make mistakes. We still have a sin nature. We're not always going to do the right thing. But scripture tells us that a follower of Christ will be bearing some kind of fruit at some time in their journey with the Savior. So look back at verse 5. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. So maybe the disciples let out this huge sigh of like, whew, this is something I think we might have, hey, 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 John, or hey, James, I think this is something we may actually understand. He's talking about something we know a little bit about. I think we may not find ourselves so confused all the time. You see, vines and branches would have been something that the disciples would have seen consistently in their culture. Vineyards were a huge part of the countryside and the landscape. And so Jesus here refers to himself as the vine, the true vine. For the branches, you and I, 
the vine is the source of life. It's where the branch gets what it needs to survive, and not only survive, but it's where we get what we need to survive in this life. Now, unless you're visiting this morning from Napa Valley, California, we don't live in a place where vineyards are a common thing. If this was a corn example, we'd, we'd fully understand. But this is about vineyards. It's not a dominant part of our, of our agriculture. And so I'd like to use maybe an illustration or a visual this morning that my youth pastor shared with Brittany and I when we were in middle school. And in our culture, I don't know, I'm not going to do it because I, I don't know, but illustrations were sometimes viewed as cheesy, like props on the platform. Now here comes a cheesy prop illustration. But he used a prop illustration that I have never forgotten. And he brought up several items onto the platform, and he tried using these items, products in your household. And they didn't work until he plugged those items into some type of power source. And I've never forgotten that. That if you want a lamp or you want a television, if you want your phone charger to work, which if you're an Android user, you've got to have a phone charger with you all the time. Sorry if you're offended. If you want a video game system to work, if you want your hair dryer to work, you have to have something to plug those things into. Do you need an outlet? Maybe if you're an off-gridder, you need a generator. I don't know. But vines work with branches to be alive. Just like a product that you would use in your home that needs power, it needs a power source in order to come on and work as it was intended and created to work. The power source is energy for what needs to be used. So Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He continues, whoever abides or remains in me and, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So Jesus is basically saying to us this morning, that what is most important for you as branches? is to stay connected, to remain connected, to stay step in step with me. The main job is to plug in and to stay plugged in. Now, how many of you have ever been somewhere where you really needed to charge your iPhone? That you had that charger with you, but you, you didn't have a place where you could plug that thing in and get it charged so you could use it. You see, the charger is useless without a power source. And this Greek word for abide, it means to remain. That abiding like Jesus is speaking of, it's the same as, it's the same as plugging something in and keeping it plugged in. It's you and I plugging into the source of life and, and not disconnecting and staying connected. That we don't, we don't charge up as Christians and then unplug. Like you don't get saved and read your Bible one time and then never read it again. You don't read your Bible on Sunday during the Sunday sermon and then put it down and not read it again until next Sunday. That you don't just pray and follow the Holy Spirit's leading in your life sometimes, but you remain following his lead. We have to charge up. 
but we have to stay plugged in. It's a vital part of our abiding in him. Jesus says, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. That when you plug something in, when you plug your, your Christmas lights in, they come on. Stuff starts up. Your MacBook Pro begins charging. And for the kids in the room, your PlayStation or whatever it is you use these days, it begins working the way it's supposed to. Things, they come to life. They are recharged. They are in proper working order. And in the same way, I believe that there is a life that the scriptures tell us that God intends for us to live. And I believe that it is a good life. And because Jesus is the source of that life, the vine, the more connected that you stay to him, the more of him you experience. That he begins to light up your your life. That he begins to, to recharge your heart that's being beat to death by all of the schemes of the enemy in this world. That he begins to guide your, ba- your path toward the best path possible and the best possible destinations. And that's the fruit that Jesus is talking about. That when we are connected to the vine, we will bear fruit. I want you to think a moment about some of the people around you that are the least stressed. And I've asked some questions to some of those people in my life. Like, hey, why are you so unstressed? Why does it seem like there's, there's a lack of anxiety in your life? And they always point back to a source of guidance. That it's not super complicated to those people. That there's not a 12-step plan. That there's not a New Year's resolution. That it's the same thing that we would encourage you to read every day and every week and every year and every month. It's the same book inspired by the same God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That that is the one who is the guide. And that helps us live a life that looks different. These people who take that guide with them, who remain connected to that guide, they just don't have all this pressure of figuring everything out like the ones who live life without it. It's not that they're lazy or that they, they do nothing when they ask for help or they follow the scriptures, but they have a sense of peace because they're connected to a faithful source. And the same is true for you. As verse 4 reminds us, all this pressure of bearing fruit and doing everything right and fixing everything and, and, and making everything work according to plan, it's really not on our shoulders. In fact, Jesus makes it clear, kind of as an exclamation point on this verse, where he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. That you can try to do everything on your own and you can accomplish some good things, right? I mean, you can still do some good things working on your own. You can still be an honest person. You can still work really hard. You can be a very generous person. You can can help others and consider others as more significant than yourselves. 
But you won't bear the fruit that God intends for you unless you stay close. Unless you stay connected to him. That when we plug in and we follow God's guidance, he allows us to see his work. And that's the best work. And it gives him honor and it gives him glory. You don't have to turn there, but you can write this down. In John chapter 2, several chapters prior to this, it talks about a wedding. And there's a feast at this wedding and Jesus, is, Jesus turns the water into wine. They run out of wine at the wedding, which is a, a big deal in that culture. And so Jesus turns the water into wine and the party but goes back to the way it was supposed to. And, and everybody gets to, ex, gets to kind of see the fruit of the miracle. But it was the servants and it was those who were working right there in step in the shadow of the Savior that actually got to experience the miracle because they were connected and obedient to the source of the miracle you see when we are connected and we are walking with him as our guide we get to experience his work we get to see things that no one else gets to see we get to see God do some unbelievable things that only he can do when we're walking with him and we're including him in the journey of our lives. So we get to see all of that. And we can rest in knowing this beautiful truth. That God is with us. And he is for us. And he loves us. And he wants to be your guide today. But so often, maybe you're like me. And you forget that he's there with you at all times. That he's there in all things. That, that we as Christ followers, we have access to a, a sovereign God who's, who's providential, but he's, he's powerful and he's loving and he's transformational. And he's the most transformational, set apart, perfect being to ever exist. And we get to have a relationship with him. So remaining and staying connected is something that we get to do. But it's also something that we can get better at doing. And that's why we see this process of discipleship in the scriptures. This, this being a disciple is being a student. That these disciples, they didn't just wake up one day and were master theologians. That it was a day-by-day -day process of being faithful and following the one who is faithful. And the one who can be trusted. And we have... The ability to be close with God, we just have to stay plugged in. And it's simple, but it's the basics, right? It's just committing to reading our Bibles and praying. Rooting ourselves in truth. It's worshiping together as, as the body of Christ, as a church family. It's spending time with others who are connected to the vine. It's, it's, it's processing what we're learning as a church. Maybe it's in your small group. That if you want to remain connected, those are all great ways. And those things really won't change for us as Christians. We're not giving you some new process in 2021. It's the same old, same old. It knows no boundaries as far as time and space. It's perfect. And so the question that I want to ask this morning is a simple one. Are you connected? Are you connected to the vine?
Are you abiding in him? And so I want to challenge you this morning to stay connected, to remain plugged in to the source of life. Listen, all of us bear some kind of fruit. Why not try to bear the right kind of fruit? I think that's a worthy, that's a worthy question to answer. That what kind of fruit are you producing? Is it Jesus-influenced and focused, or is it worldly? You see, fruit that is, that is rooted in the ways of this world is ultimately the fruit of the enemy. And that enemy happens to be God's enemy. So if we're not bearing the right kind of fruit, which is connected to the, the vine, then we're bearing some other fruit that's connected to a vine that we really don't want to be connected to. And that's the enemy vine. We're bearing one or the other. So which one are you producing? We don't want to be a part of anything other than the true vine. Fruit that is pleasing to God only happens when we're abiding in him. And when we are connected to the vine, we will bear fruit. So are you abiding and remaining in him? If not, what is keeping you from doing that? What is keeping you from bearing the fruit that God would desire for you to produce? This is where self-reflection is so important. This is where repentance is so important. This is when knowing God's word is so important. That maybe there is a sin that is distracting you and keeping you from remaining connected. Maybe it's simply just laziness. Or maybe it's an apathetic attitude toward the things of God. That you're just so tired of waiting on Him. You're just so tired of trusting in His best because your best is better. Or maybe you just simply are tired of living this life that nobody else seems to be living. Maybe those are the reasons. I don't, I don't know. But I think we all should do some reflection as we start a new year together. And as we study this chapter of John 15 together, it's going to force us to ask those questions. It's going to force us to process what kind of fruit we are bearing and who we're connected to. Because when we are connected to the vine, we will bear fruit and it will be the right kind of fruit. It will be fruit that is set apart from the ways of this world. It will be fruit that the world will notice. And it's the best fruit. And it will, as cheesy as it sounds, make your life better. And I can't think of anything better than being connected to the true vine. So that is our focus as a church in 2021. Abide. Living connected to the vine, the true source of all life and all things. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You can't experience any of the things that I've talked about today because you don't know the true source of life. That you don't know the Savior. That you don't know that God created mankind to be in this relationship with him. 
been reading a lot lately in Genesis, studying Genesis in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and, and how beautiful things were. And how Adam and Eve were abiding and connected to their creator in the garden. If you want a picture of unhindered connection, it's right there in Genesis. But God's enemy, Satan, as we just referenced a few minutes ago, who forces or causes us to bear bad fruit, comes on the scene. And for whatever reason, gets Adam and Eve to believe that his fruit would be better than walking with their creator. And he sells them a lie. And they believe the lie. They disobey God's command to not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And in that moment... They started bearing fruit. And it was fruit that was unholy. And separated from this God that they were once abiding with. We see throughout the Old Testament that in that moment, their sins separated them from God. And and we see that throughout the Old Testament, they try removing their sins by, by good deeds. We still see that today in many of our denominations. There's this process of of we're going to do good deeds in order to work our way to heaven. And and, and there's no good deed that's good enough. That something has to pay the price and to pay the penalty for our sin. And so you see Old Testament, the sacrifices of, of an unblemished lamb throughout the Old Testament. They would sacrifice that lamb to cover the sins of God's people. But then in the New Testament... Some 2,000 plus years ago, the spotless Lamb of God came. And he lived the life that none of us could ever achieve and even strive to achieve. We can never even get close to it. And he lays down his life for you and for me. And he pays, he, he writes a check for our lives. And that check doesn't bounce, it cleared. And he says that everyone who calls on my name can be saved. And so maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. And you've never called on Jesus to save you. The Bible is clear that you can do that today. So why wait? Make a decision to follow Jesus right here and right now. And if you have questions about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we would love to answer those questions. You can find me at the end of the service, one of our pastors. You can shoot us an email, call the office. We would like to do nothing more than talk to you about the Savior. And there's probably somebody standing right around you that would be willing to do the same. Because if you know Jesus, something exciting has happened to you. And it's worth celebrating. And if you're here this morning and you're You are a Christian. Are you connected? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back to the platform. As we finish our time together this morning. We sang a new song. A few minutes ago. Called All the World. And so I want the worship team to lead us in that song again as we end our time together. And and for me, this song has... This song has become the theme of this series and really the theme of this year. And the chorus of it says, Set my eyes upon the hope that never fades. 
place my feet on the rock that will not shake, turn my heart from all the things that I think I need, oh Jesus, be all the world to me. May that be an anthem and a prayer this week, this month, and this year. Jesus, be all the world, be everything to us.